Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches a special Mother's Day's message entitled, Holy Mothers of the Church, preached May 11th, 2014. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 9. We are talking this morning about Holy Mothers of the Church. Holy mothers of the church and their glorious dress. This is the Lord's day. Friends, the Lord is with us according to his promise to receive our worship and bless his holy people. Saint Augustine believed that God's holy angels also are with us when we worship. Hear the word of the Lord, for where two or three come together in my name, there I am in their midst. First Corinthians 11 verse 10, for this reason and because of the angels, the women ought to have a sign of authority on her head. Hebrews 12, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. They say that today is Mother's Day. So we bless today all holy mothers. Who are beautifully dressed in the Holy Spirit produced good works. And we read in Revelation 19 verse 8. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous deeds of the saints. St. Paul tells us, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared in advance from all eternity for us to do. God is holy and he, his church is holy. Let us consider certain scriptures that speak especially of the spiritual garments of the holy mothers of the church. Let us consider the apostolic teaching of St. Peter and St. Paul. So St. Peter's teaching, as we find in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, And he teaches the following qualities of Christian mothers. First, they are to be submissive to their own husbands. As Christ is the head of the church, husband is the head of the wife according to, not the opinion of the husband by divine order. She is to submit to him as to the Lord in everything the scripture teaches. 
And she is to submit even to unbelieving husbands who desires to dwell with her. They were married as pagans, but later wife became a Christian. And so submit to husbands, even to unbelieving husbands. First Peter 3, 1 and 5. The unbelieving husband may come to faith as he observes his wife's holy conduct in reverence to God. First Peter 3 and verse 2. Second, a Christian mother's beauty does not consist in external things like costly hairdos, gold jewelry, or fine clothes. Her beauty consists in the unfading, incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in the sight of God. Man always looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord always looks at the heart. For Samuel 16 verse 7. We are to put on the new man. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Unbelieving women may dress to attract attention to themselves, a kind of exhibitionism. Look at me and be thrilled. But holy women and mothers dress to worship our holy God. God is watching us with his holy angels. Holy mothers are to reflect the beauty of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so we read, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we read in 2 Corinthians 3, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 4, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. This inward spirit produced beauty is the standard for holy mothers for all times. It was true of Sarah and Rebecca. The holy mothers of the past made themselves beautiful by trusting in God and submitting their own husbands, says St. Peter. 1 Peter 3 verse 5. 
Sarah, the mother of all holy mothers, we are told by St. Peter, obeyed her husband and respected her husband by calling him my Lord, Adoni, Kuriosmo. St. Peter tells us that such holy mothers who revere God are fearless of the future. As we sing, it was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. St. John tells us in 1 John 4, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So my counsel to all of us, fear God and fear nothing else. All holy mothers are heirs of Sarah. They are to be known for their good works. Agatha poiusai. Doers of good. Doers of the will of God. What are the feminists going to say to this apostolic directive? They reverse biblical order. They are not interested in equality of husband and wife. They demand, I suppose, that man to be subject to their wives. Christianity and Christianity alone elevates women. They are equal to man in the grace of life. So we read in Galatians 3... There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. Yet there is order in God's institutions of family, state, and church without the authority of Christ functioning in these institutions there is chaos so God appoints headship leadership in 1st Corinthians 11 we read now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God Christian mother's beauty is that of faith in God, humility, and good works. So let us look at, secondly, St. Paul's teaching about holy mothers and their beauty. We consider four texts of St. Paul. First, 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10. Here, St. Paul also teaches that the beauty of the holy mothers of the church does not consist in external things. Braided hair, gold, pearls, very expensive clothes. Only the rich can afford these luxuries. Jesus said, blessed are the poor. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Paul tells us. God chose the lowly things of the world. And the despised things. 
and the things that are zeros, nothings, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. So St. Paul counsels Christian mothers to put on the glorious dress of good works, of delightful obedience to the will of God. Good works alone prove our salvation. So 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 10. But dress with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. And Titus 2.14 says, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, zealous to do what is good. Those who worship God must put on the glorious dress of good works which are spirit-wrought works in and through us. Philippians 2 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good purpose. And the second text, 1 Timothy 5, verse 5. Holy mothers who are widows without any means of support, they are to be supported by the church as they serve the church. They must trust God and pray night and day as the 84-year-old Anna trusted and prayed night and day fasting and praying in the temple courts. The third text is 1 Timothy 5, 9 through 14. First, a holy mother of the church is to be morally faithful. Morally faithful to her husband. That is faithful to the marriage covenant. Second. She should be well known to others for her good works. Not self-declaration. But others testify about her good works. And this I must say is true. In this church, you come here and you see people working all the time. Number three, they are to bear children in the will of God. And this is not optional, but it is the creation mandate. Number four, they are to rule the house. Manage the affairs of the house under the husband. Oiko despotain. They are to deal with children, finance, education, teaching, food, and so on. 
There is order in Christian home, not confusion. Number five, they bring up children. That is to cause the children to grow physically and spiritually, teaching and training, especially in God's word, that they love God. Psalm 78, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Showing hospitality to needy strangers, especially saints of God as they travel. That's number six. This is hard work, yet God's work, which will be rewarded. We are to be rich in good works by sharing our goods and by our service. God considers the sweat of our service to God beautiful and spiritual. So Jesus says in Matthew 25, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Romans 12, 13, share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Hebrews 13, verse 2, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. And number seven, washing saints' feet. It is a menial task of a slave to wash the dirt off of the feet of the saints. And it is a good work. Let's read about Abigail in 1 Samuel 25 verse 41. Abigail bowed down with her face to the ground and said to David, Here is your maidservant ready to serve you and wash the feet of my master's servants. And this is what Jesus said to Simon the hypocrite. Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And Jesus himself, John 13, got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then he said to his disciples, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. 
Number eight, helping those in distress by relieving their distress. And we read in James 2, 14 through 16, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save him? No. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Hebrews 13, 3, remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Remember means help them. And 1 John 3, 16 through 18, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him how can the love of God be in him dear children let us not love with words or tongue but with actions and in truth Number nine, devoting to every good work. The Bible teaches. In other words, you cannot pick and choose. You must obey what the Lord of the church is telling us. So we read in Titus 3.8, this is a trustworthy saying and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. A formula for success. And Titus 3.14, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. Speaking about Cretan believers, they were lazy gluttons and liars. God doesn't like lazy people. It's a violation of commandment number four that says you must work work six days. And if you work six days, you will lack nothing. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. What is good is the will of God. In order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Some young people didn't amount to anything because they were lazy. They didn't want to study. Still living off of parents. Leeches, mosquitoes, mistletoes, bed bugs. All I am saying, maybe it will inspire you to get up in the morning and start studying and working and doing something. Be protective. And Titus 2, that's the last text of St. Paul, Titus 2, 3 through 5. The minister is to teach older mothers to teach younger Christian mothers seven things. First, 
to love their husbands in sickness and in health and so on. To love their husbands. Number two, to love their children. That they be successful in life by loving God and serving him. Loving husbands and children is hard work. But we are told God gives sufficient grace to do every good work. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things. At all times. Having all that you need. You will abound in all good work. What more you want? Jesus said my grace is sufficient for you. And he gives you all grace. To abound in all good work. And Paul said in 2 Timothy 16 and 17. All scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. Furnished, made capable of doing every good work. An epitaph from Pergamos, dating from the time of Emperor Hadrian, reads, To the most sweet woman who loved her husband and her children. Number three, a godly mother is self-controlled. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. In other words, she is a spirit-filled person. Self-control is spirit's control. Number four, she is morally pure. From all eternity, God chose us to be holy and blameless. And Christ makes us holy and blameless. Number five. Workers at home, oi kur goi. That's their primary responsibility to work at home. Something that is despised by the feminists. The feminists are those who oppose whatever the Bible says. Number six. Our mothers are to be kind, especially to those who are around her. Number seven, again, St. Paul is saying, submissive to their own husbands. And friends, this is a divine order. As I said, family is his institution. And therefore, authority is there. To ensure order, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The purpose of these characteristics is this. To make the gospel attractive, especially to unbelievers. By living the gospel, not just speaking about it. So we read in Titus 2, 9 and 10, teach slaves 
to be subject to their masters in everything to try to please them, not to talk back to them and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior, that's the gospel, attractive, attractive to the world. In 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, wives in the same way be submissive to your husband so that if any of them do not believe the gospel, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they observe the purity and reverence of your lives. Friends, we are the light of the world. Philippians 2, 14 and 15, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Remember the teenager Rebecca in Genesis 24 by hard work She served the strangers from Canaan, the servants of Abraham. She gave them water to drink and she watered the ten camels by drawing from the well about 300 gallons of water. She was dressed in good works. Now remember the Holy Mother of Proverbs 31 that says a wife of noble character Who can find? They are rare, sir. They are very rare, sir. They are very, very rare, sir. She is worth far more than rubies. Proverbs 31, 13. And she works with eager hands. She is not lazy. Proverbs 31, 15. She gets up while it is still dark. That's what my mother did. First to want to get up. Still dark, sir. Four in the morning. Proverbs 31, 17. She sets about her work vigorously. Proverbs 31, 26 through 28, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. That means she studies the Bible. She is spirit filled. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. Proverbs 31, 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. You don't need proof for that. (laughs) But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Remember Dorcas who was rich in good works. Acts 9 verse 39, Peter went with them and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows 
stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Remember Tryphena and Tryphosa. Romans 16, 12 greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. And remember our sister Persis. And we read, greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Can God say about you, you work and you work hard and you work very hard. Remember Holy Virgin Mary, the mother of God. From whom came the holy seed, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and was raised for our justification as the scripture prophesied. Genesis 3.15 And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And Paul says in Colossians 2.15 And having disarmed the powers and authorities, Christ made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And therefore we are saved. So without mothers, no savior, no salvation, no church. Thank God for all the holy mothers of the church. Some like my mother are in heaven now. Others are here on earth. May God bless you all. May God bless today all our holy mothers. Who work very hard at home, at work and in the church for God's glory. Amen. Heavenly Father we pray. That you cause the teaching to enter into each one of us, especially our blessed mothers. Amen.